Welcome to the Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand, a podcast for leading financial professionals or rainmakers and their teams that offer support for securing a successful future. From marketing help to staffing structure, listen and subscribe for actionable insights from advisors and skilled professionals alike. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand. Today's topic, we are going to be covering the ins and outs of branding and the importance. And I got a a very special guest today, Alana Cole, founder of Advisor PR. Anna is a brand consultant, marketing communication strategist, and publicist, and more importantly, just all around a great person. I've had the pleasure of working with Alana for... My five years that I've been here at C2P, it's been a pleasure, and we've been talking about doing this podcast for quite a while and are finally getting around to it. So thank you, Alana, for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Matt. I'm going to add that line to my bio, and I'm an all-around great person. There you go. You can put my stamp on that. See, we can use testimonials now. So I'll be like Matt site said. That's right. <laughs> so thank you all for, for tuning in today. You know, we're we're at the beginning of a new year here. We're we're into 2024 now, and many of you, uh, either advisors, marketing professionals, business development individuals that are that are listening, uh, you're working on or crafting your marketing strategy for the year, putting your finishing touches on it. But as we've talked about this, if you've been part of our our coffee breaks or some of the other podcasts, that you know, before you start diving into building and executing that marketing strategy and going in and updating your website or spending those ad dollars, the importance of focusing on your brand, your brand messaging, how you're talking about yourself, who you're talking to in terms of the consumer. And this is really where Alana and her team bring in their expertise to help because you have to focus on that side. And one of the best ways to do that is Alana recently had an article on this about going undercover to find that side on the PR side. And some of you maybe have seen that undercover boss. I had some some chuckles on that. I would love to see some of you going undercover on your brand. But that's where we're going to start is, is, Alana, I saw that article. Many of you may have seen that as well. But why under why are we going undercover to, to find this? Wonderful question, Matt. Absolutely. Like at the end of the year, the start of the year, as people are putting together new ideas, I often hear people say, oh, that lead gen strat- strategy, it's, it didn't work for me. I'm, I'm trading that in and I'm trying something brand new. And, and I often say, well, is this, it's typically a company that I've heard success stories from other advisors, or it's a, a strategy that we've been doing for years and years. And all of a sudden this individual doesn't find it to be effective. So my recommendation to those of you that say the same thing, as well as any other advisor, before you make any significant changes, whether it is transitioning from one strategy to the other or bringing in something new or even spending more money to get your name out there, make sure what you're promoting is what you want people to hear. And now that seems like it's common sense, but you only control so much out. And even, even in your, in your control advisors often don't take the time to see what it says. Right. And so going into the year, I think it's a great time to go undercover. I say go undercover to get ahead and really experience your brand the way that a prospective client would. So that's really what the premise is about. Yeah. And I, 
You know, I think that's especially helpful too. And I don't know if you're seeing this with the advisors you're working with, but a lot in our network that when we say you got to analyze the past and look at what's what, like you said, what, what have you done in the past? What, what, what has worked? What has not worked? It it is a struggle sometimes to get the numbers, you know, they've been so focused on, Hey, I held an event. I had this many meetings that came from or whatever, but they didn't necessarily know the results or didn't track the ROI related to those events. And while, while that's ideal that they have that, it isn't the deal breaker to moving forward. Like you have to start somewhere. And so building that scorecard and knowing your numbers is so important. But I think that's why this process and what you and your team do is so important because even if you don't have those numbers, you can still go undercover to find out what messaging is there and what they're going to do that's going to work and not work in terms of their lead gen and brand messaging moving forward. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that's almost even step two that did take action. And as you know, as a marketer, right? Like, yeah. you only know a portion of the people that had exposure to you, your message, your ad, whatever. And only a few of them move forward in the process with you. So think about the, the big piece of the pie, like the other 80% that did not, right? And then I think once you're very confident in, you know, your brand, your message, everything aligns, it's setting the tone that you want it to be set. Then when you start getting people in from like the lead gen, then you can start tweaking things because you know that 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 part of your business, it's in order. It's how you want it to be, right? Now let's talk about like the steps in the whole buyer journey and whatnot. But does that make sense? Yeah, it it does. And I guess even backing up into that, we know it's not perfect. That's why you want to do this so often. Yeah. Like what, what are the common mistakes that, that you see financial professionals are making in relation to their brand identity? Okay. So here's some big ones and it's nobody's fault. Like we're all busy, right? Like yeah. everybody's running businesses or departments, their book of business, whatever. Right. And it's, if something's worked for a period of time, we don't stop to think to go back to revisit it, but here's what happens. Okay, so first, you're acquiring different marketing pieces throughout the course of your years in business. So you may have a brochure from this organization, this one sheet from this organization. You use it during the sales process. When you look at them collectively, the messages don't align. One might be selling an investment. The other one saying investments are terrible. You should only work with insurance products, right? Like, One's talking about fiduciary, the other one's selling a product. Like it just does not make sense. And so if you're on the receiving end and you're looking through this stuff, it's like the old things that make us go, hmm, like you'll stop and pause. And like, why is the same person giving me two mixed messages? What aren't they telling me? You know, like it makes you almost want to dig deeper. So I think just assessing the materials that you've been using from you know, online, just your digital brochure all the way through the sales process, seeing where they've come, come from and just make sure there's no conflicting messaging. I think that's a big one. Do you, do you think, and I'm sorry, I, I'm going to interrupt, but I, I think something I've, I've noticed is, do you think a lot of that has to do with their financial advisors? They're good at, you know, we're, we're good at what we do in a certain right. area of that. 
a lot of the marketing collateral brand messaging may have come from different resources. It might be something they've put together. Maybe they've hired an agency. Maybe they've used outsole, like outside vendors or things like that. You know, like some of our partners here, like a Snappy Kraken or FMG right. Suite. So it, it, like you said, it's not their fault, but maybe when you lay all that down of what is the prospect see when they're going through this and yeah, that messaging isn't the same because it's actually from three or four, even more different, different sure. vendors over different times in history. Yeah. You know, so some of it might be dated that was kind of leading into the, the next, and I'll kind of cover that a bit more, but like your prospects have changed and their interests mm -hmm. are changed and what they want. And I think like to like over illustrate an example, like when I first started advisor PR almost 20 years ago, they weren't boomers, they were seniors, right? Like mm -hmm. their interests in retirement were much different than like boomers and lifestyle. So not updating the language to meet the needs of your ideal clients. It's kind of built into that, right? But like, yeah. If it's been around for a long time, it's time to take a look at it. And if what you're saying, if you're an advisor and you're you read numbers and not words, get somebody on your team. Hi, I just want to make sure that all these materials we use, I'll say the same thing. Ask your spouse or you know, there's other people that are consumers, right? And help you, you know, give it an objective overview. And you know, another thing I'd it, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a mistake, but maybe a missed opportunity is a lot that's changed in this industry just in the last year with the new SEC marketing rule, being able to work testimonials and case studies into their messaging, you know, because yeah, who yeah. better to help tell your story than those that are already working with you and love working with you and are loyal, loyal enough to provide the testimonial or case yeah. study to you. So having a bank of those and, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll plug the quick caveat of making sure that you work with your compliance team right. on collecting and using those appropriately. But I, I, I think that's a big part moving forward, you know, in, in terms of whether they're doing this themselves or working with a group like yours of finding a way to work those case studies and testimonials into their messaging as well. So that's, that's a huge point. And I would definitely say that is a missed opportunity. That is a gap that could be filled, but it's really part of a kind of a larger, I guess, transition we've made in the world of marketing, this user-generated content. Mm -hmm. So if you're not taking a moment to go undercover, right, and experience your brand like a prospective client would, you may not see reviews that are out there about you on third party. You might not have all fans, but you don't know until you take a moment right? To go and Google your name, Google your company name, see where you show up so you can identify what are missed opportunities and what are some serious issues that we need to address, you know, so they aren't distracting from the brand and taking people away, right? Right. But rather singing your praises. Yeah. So. And I know you and I have talked about that in the past before on, on calls that I know both of us have worked into workshops or seminars that we've done when we're talking to advisors of, you know, hey, what's the first thing that a prospect is going to do when they hear about you? Or even if it's a referral that from, from someone that they know that's working with you, the first thing they're going to do is they're either going to go to your website or they're going to Google you. Yeah. 
And so you have to try and control that messaging as much as you can. And, and even though everyone might know that already, it's shocking how many people don't do that. Yeah. You just assume that you're a good person and they're going to feel it somehow. The energy from you that you're a good. No, it doesn't work like that. All of us go to the web. Like that's our first thing, right? Like at this point, I don't even want to buy anything new and target. I'd rather go and look it up and on Amazon, you know, cheap, whatever. Like <laughs> it's just more convenient to start there and, you know, owned content, right? Your website, yeah. your blog. That's just a part of it. You know, like there's, right. we talked about like this user generated content. So what else are people saying about you? There's earned content. So are you showing up credible? Do you have an authority, a voice within the industry? Right. And then there's like the paid, you know, like, what are you advertising? What's so, you know, looking at that from a collective whole brand experience is critical but one step further, if somebody is in the market for financial advice, they're not just going to one source. They're right. likely looking up you and a couple of your closest competitors. So understanding, you know, vertically, like how your business aligns across these different pieces that are out there about you, but then also across, you know, different competitors that are similar in service, you know, from you as an advisor, how do you rank to them? right? Are they more credible? Yeah. Do they have better reviews? Do they have worse reviews? You know, do they have more content, less content? Do they do video? Do they do social media? Like where are their gaps or opportunities, you know, in your business that you could really promote? Yeah. And so the, the, there's, we, we can, and probably will do a whole other podcast on a lot <laughs> of that they can do, you know, that advisors or their offices can do, you know, on that, the the predominantly digital side in terms of the website and social and, and the Google My Business profiles and the importance of all of those, like you're saying. But I think the the point of, of your article and the point we're sharing today is you have to do the assessment and the analysis before you even get there to creating the new stuff and 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 going undercover to evaluate all that of what's already there. Yeah, I think it just to boil it down, know who you want to be and then just make sure that that's what's out there. Yeah. You know, if you want to be seen as a caring, nurturing advisor, I mean, again, to like over dramatize like the, the <laughs> and hopefully everyone has the self-awareness to know what kind of advisor you are, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And like, so that's probably going back to like the beginning, like what mistakes <laughs> to advisors make, like know how you want to show up and yeah. then just be sure that's what it says is really what it boils down to. I see like, this is another big mistake I think of advisors. Yeah. You have the ability to make private profiles and social private. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you are doing things that don't align with what your business objective is and the types of people you work with, don't put that out for the world to see. And then also remember that you're in business to fulfill their needs, not promote your own. So just because pink is your favorite color doesn't mean your website should be all pink. Right. To rock climbing, like that is not the right activity to associate with a retirement planning firm, right? So don't make your website all about pictures of, you know, these extreme sports, you know? So that's enough, like, I think advisors sometimes want to decorate it like they're, it's their house and it's for them, but it's, 
the absolute opposite. It's for the people you want to work with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's got to fit your niche. So how, how often should they be doing these assessments, like going undercover? And what what exactly should they be looking for when they're doing that? Well, I think it's at intervals, like one time a year. I feel like that's sufficient. You know, things can pop up throughout the year after you get through the first one. So this time of year, like over the holiday break, I think that's a great time to do it. It's a little bit of downtime in terms of clients, unless you're really into like end of year taxes. So I think just identifying when you have a little bit more flexibility to, you know, take, move forward with that. I think that makes sense. Or if you start hearing from people, either they're canceling after like three appointments with you and they're not giving you explanation, or I think that's a good time. Like, okay, what's going on? Like one may be fine. You know, that's on them. But if you're seeing it two, three times, then is there a greater issue that's going on? And then another time would be, of course, if you have any sort of transition within your business. So MA, like if you partner with somebody or you rebrand or you expand an office or you update a logo, like, yes, then you're going to need to assess and make sure that everything's updated and it's current. So that's another good time to do it as well. And then what are you looking for? So I guess fundamentally, like your brand is made up of three things, right? So it's your visual identity. You know, how do you look? You've got your Mm -hmm. icon, you've got your colors, your fonts. A professional business is consistent with all of those elements on the visual side, right? So you just want to be sure you're consistent. You're professional, you're consistent. What do you say, right? So your brand messaging from your core messages to your tagline, you know, they, they need to speak to your ideal client and they need to really help you stand apart. You don't want to be... I can do that too, but rather I am the best person to yeah. serve A, B, and C, right? You don't want to just say, I'm a fiduciary. Yeah, I'm a fiduciary, <laughs> right? Me too. <laughs> and then the third is the brand experience. And so all the time, you know, no, most of the time, you ask the five things that make you unique. They always say customer service. We care, Right. And then you go through the brand experience. So this is lead generation from lead to prospect, prospect through the whole buyer journey to becoming clients, clients and ongoing communications. Are you customer service driven at every single step of that, that whole client life cycle, right? Are are things efficient? Is it client friendly? Like, you know, so just experiencing it that way. Those three things together is collectively what makes up your brand, right? I love Um, that. I'm not sure every, and this isn't just, you know, financial advisors and offices. I think this is in a lot of industries. They don't think of those as a collective. You know, I think the most common one is obviously the visual, like you think a a logo, obviously the name, things like that. But layering on the messaging and then obviously the whole experience. I think that's the part that's not looked at, but as a, as a whole. And like you said, getting specific on that of not just saying customer service or the people, but like what truly makes you unique and it could be your process, your offerings, you know, whatever, but not products. It's not products. It's not, I'm a fiduciary. It's the services, it's the experience. So like the planning process to your point, that is 
if you have a branded sales process, my goodness, like that already puts you a level above, right? Like that's a unique experience. That's part of your brand. So, and we've, you know, it, it, you know, those that know, you know, I'm also with uh, the JL Smith team uh, over with Jason's retail practice there. And we've gone through EOS previously. So we talk about, you know, what are our brand differentiators there? And obviously we talk about the bucket plan, our tax, not just the tax practice, but kind of the tax trilogy tying together preparation, planning, and management on the tax side. And then that we're an ensemble practice, you know, pulling together those resources to help our families there. That was communicated us through our EOS facilitator about others in our region and our target market might have one of those. They maybe even have two, but like that combination of three is what makes us unique. And so kind of what you're saying, when you can package all three of those within the messaging and the experience, that's what's going to truly set us apart in our markets. Mm -hmm. And then being consistent, Mm -hmm. right? Like you don't just say one thing over here. This is funny because so many people in this industry, advisors specifically, are the quick starts, right? New idea, squirrel, you know, like- I don't know any advisors like no, that. right? <laughs> but like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And almost from scratch, like there may be some brand equity in your company name if you've been around for a long time. But if you're shifting messages to fit the platform or the opportunity, like that's fractured. Like- it's not repetitive. It's called branding. Use the same thing in the different places where you show up. And yeah. it's my favorite. My, I always say this and saying this since I started, if you stick to your messages, your messages will stick. So don't try to change them just because you feel like doing something different today. Right. That's we, a brand. We can probably end this now. We just got our sound bite we needed right there. I mean, you nailed it next. We got to lead with that next time. No. But I like that because it gets into, you know, I've heard this before. I'd love to give credit. I don't know where I heard it, but, you know, it's don't try and be all things to all people. You know, know, know your market and know your message. And like, yeah, that's why I love that you said consistency. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that that's what's really going to nail it. Yep. Consistency. Oh, well, that can go right into the four C's if you want to talk through those from the article. Yeah. And so we talk about the importance of the consistency. What what about tying in the rest, like the image and the credibility? What that side of it as well? Sure, sure. Now, when we talk about the lead to prospect to client journey and the whole, you know, the lifetime of the client, the brand and the experience and all that, that is going to stay consistent throughout every interaction. But there's two other areas that I would encourage advisors to focus in on that no matter where somebody is in their you know, and working with you, it will still have relevance. So the other is really the image, right? So you might have the best brand out there, but if you're the only person talking about your brand and, you know, sharing your message, is it authentic? Is it credible? So looking for those earned opportunities for somebody else to validate, you know, to your point, Matt, earlier, the testimony, a big opportunity, right? To right. give social proof, if you will. I've always been a big proponent earned media, you know, not everybody qualifies to get that. And it's, you know, trusted media outlets, they cover financial topics. They don't work with somebody that they wouldn't consider to be an expert, right? So having a Wall Street Journal or a Barron's or USA Today or whatnot, vet you in a sense and say, yes, you are an expert on rollovers or 
tax management or whatever it may be, that really helps you show up. It enhances your brand. And then of course, the digital footprint. So as we were talking, you know, that's the first place we start is online, right? So yeah, Google your name every once in a while and see what shows up, right? So that, that would be the things that I would say, the big picture, focus on those because it could, you could be a COI, you could be a client looking to refer, you could be somebody that's just heard your name for the first time. Those are the things that they're looking at. Got it. And, you know, before we move on to the next topic, you know, we've talked about what, what they, and by they it could be, you know, you as an advisor listening, your marketing person, your agency you're using is, is. Does it make a big difference or is there an importance to whether they are doing it themselves or whether they kind of use an outside consultant, like someone that has an impartial view, or does it not matter as long as they know exactly what they're looking for? I think that that depends upon the advisor and their level of comfort with branding. You know, okay. it, it's some it's abstract and, you know, they could go and run algorithms for portfolios words I don't even know how to say, right? But like they, they don't feel comfortable with making sure that these are aligned or saying the same thing. So that's that's one. If you have had success, like if you're attracting the right type of client some of the time and they're connecting with your messaging, you're probably on the right track. If you're getting more no's than yes or you're losing prospects to competitors, you might want to bring somebody else in, you know, and get an assessment and recommendations on how to how to clean that up. You can't afford not to, right? If you're right. losing because of it. Yeah. Um, and, for all, and, yeah. For all the reasons you've established already. Yeah. It's too, yeah. It's too important not to. <laughs> right. And then I think, you know, that's a maintenance program a bit. Like once you have it clearly identified, you, you want to maintain it. And then thereafter, you know, it could be, somebody internally supporting you on doing that, you know, looking at your digital footprint on an annual basis, et cetera. But, but yeah, up to the time, let's talk. <laughs> Message received. <laughs> so, so the other thing, and obviously the important part that your article talked about was the four C's of brand consideration. Can you outline for us what the four C's are and what our listeners need to know? Yes. With everything I share with advisors, I do try to simplify it. I know talking about this again, it may sound more abstract. It doesn't need to be, right? So like just bringing We're it all down. all about simplification. <laughs> I try, I try, I try. <laughs> so what are you looking for? All right, you want to make sure that it's cohesive, right? That you're saying the same thing in all the different places that, you know, you look and you sound like the professional you want to be. So this could be, like, is your contact information consistent? Like, are you telling them to call one number over here and another number over there? Like, just little things like that, you know, make a big difference. So basically, all of your brand messaging and the visual identity, they're all polished, they're all lined, they are, you know, making the right impression. So that's one. Number two, is it compelling? So we talked a bit about this before. Is it is it showcase your interests, right? And your goals. So does it connect with your ideal clients? Does it, you know, tell them who, who you work with, how you can help the problems that you can solve, 
right? Or does it read like a technical manual? You know, like it needs to be compelling. It needs to connect with them. Right. Um, again, if you stick with your messages, must be stick. But if you tell them what you want them to know, chances are that's what they'll remember, you know, along the same lines. So that's going to give them the content that they need to be able to absorb it and maybe even tell their friends. You never know. Right. Uh, number three, is it credible? So just talking about having third party, you know, you can say you're the best person on the face of this planet, but if nobody else is saying it, how credible is that message? So looking for, you know, third party, whether it's awards, those are big, you know, like you have been recognized for something amazing you've done earned media. Yes, you are an expert. The testimonials from clients, like, yes, the experience was valuable to me in a compliant friendly way, whatever, but right. right you just want to show up credibly and then the consistent. So just going back, people think that they're being boring because they're saying the same thing over and over again. So they try to switch it up. And that's, that's the last thing you want to do when it relates to branding. You know, you want to just be consistent across all the different areas. So those are my four C's to give yourself an objective brand assessment. And then I always tell advisors do in incognito mode. Like if you're going to go and do this search on yourself, don't use your cookies and your search yeah. history in a Google, like just go incognito. It's not perfect, but it helps, you know, and you can get a, a real assessment of yourself. And then, you know, like I said, pick one or two of your competitors and then do the same thing for them and see how they show up. So you can do yourself the favor before you start spending a ton of money to drive leads, but you have no strong message to get people to take action or you switch things up. Just make sure these things are out there working for you, not against you. Yeah. And I, I like that you end on the consistency too and, and how you described it as well as it's, it, we all, you know, and you and I are in marketing, you know, my team, you want to be consistent with your messaging. It's very easy to fall into the trap of like, well, I'm saying the same thing over and over. It's getting kind of boring. We should say it differently. No, that's a good, like, that's, it sounds familiar to you, but you never, from the outside looking in, you want that familiar. You want them to hear certain keywords or phrases and think of your business. Yeah. And so it's, it's too easy to fall into that trap, but, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a great reminder. Lawyers, I think are phenomenal at this. I mean, if you gave me a tagline for the 10 biggest attorneys in Vegas, I could tell you exactly which attorney that was. You know? <laughs> so, you know, the, like, that's what it is. Like you need that rep, like the repetition is what's going to start to sink in people's minds. And it's never the first time they hear about you that they take actions rarely, unless it's like from a trusted yeah. source, it gets, it's typically multiple times. Right. And that right. with the need is what needs to happen for them to move forward. So, yeah. And, you know, for those you mentioned incognito going incognito, you know, for those listening, if you weren't sure, like you can go in incognito mode on your web browser so that it erases all that, the, the cookies and all that. And you're getting that objective view of your business. Also, if you or your marketing agency or whatever have web softwares that can do analysis on social media, on websites, things like that. Uh, you can actually go in there and plug competitors into those. So you can not only get your own keywords and assessment on your social media, your website, but you can do that on your competitors as well. So if you're working with an agency, you know, make sure that you're requesting that to Alana's point of 
do as much of that that research up front as you can. So, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but make sure your competitors are legit. Your <laughs> you know, in Bank of America or Morgan Stanley, you guys are not competitors. You may be alternatives to each other, right? The yes. your competitor is similar in size, similar licenses. They serve the same market. You know, that is really what you want to go deep on. You're never, ever going to be able to outbuy. That's a great point. It came back to what we said earlier of like, you know, being realistic and having self-awareness, like who are we in our market? You know, who are we as, as a company or as an individual? So yeah, it's you, because it, if you're not doing that and you're judging yourself against those, you're just doing yourself a disservice. You and then know. you become a generalist yeah. without even trying because you're trying to keep up with a bank. Sorry, right. it, that's not, that's not you. That's not what makes you special and different, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and part of the reason that you wrote this and obviously sharing with our audience, like what, what steps should be taking if a brand falls short in one of these four C's? Well, you sort of touched on some of it earlier. Like it's identifying where are your gaps, right? So where is there opportunity that you aren't currently taking part in? Where are there inconsistencies? Where are there inaccuracies? And like, what's damaging your business and then prioritize them. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. this is serious. Like this is how, you know, making people not work with me. Okay. Then we need to fix yeah. that. A lot of times it, it's not so much that it's your own content that you're putting out. It's typically other people, like what they're saying or not saying mm -hmm. is your advisors see the biggest gaps so certainly do recommend having a third party, however you feel comfortable with it, but like getting other people to agree that you are uh, the best person for, you know, what you say that you're really good at. I think that's a, a big gap that a lot of advisors experience. Well, especially if they don't know, you know, if this is the first time they've ever done this and now they see they have a few negative or bad reviews on, on a Google and they, you know, they don't know what to do next. Like they have oh. to come to someone like, you know, yourself, yeah. how, how do we fix this? How do we run? Yeah. And that can't be the only thing that people find out online other than your own website. Yeah. You know? Cause that's, that's going to make people pause cause for pause. Yeah. So there's that. And then I think it's a little eye opening when people do look at their competitors more objectively. So it's not just, you know, I don't like this street is on the barons list or he's written a book or you know whatever it may he has a youtube channel like it gives you the tactical things that people are you know looking at when they're comparing right mm -hmm. and what is maybe getting them to go the other direction you know or vice versa you might see that you are at the top of your game and you don't need to change anything just continue what you're doing but it's like that validation, like, yes, go invest in more lead generation strategies because you, yeah. you're solid, you know, like move forward. Right. Yeah, double double down on what's working. Yeah. <laughs> Take yeah. that positive testimonial you found on, on Facebook and start using that in your other marketing and PR. Yeah. Okay. With confidence, you know, that it's going to work for you. So, yeah. So I guess we'll kind of... As we're getting towards the end, tie this back of like, 
why do this? Like, how does a strong brand influence other marketing efforts? So a strong brand is it's, I mean, it's like the magnet, you know, like it, it's going to attract people to you. So yes, you can go out with lead generation. You can drive them to the company. Maybe right now is the right time for them to move forward. But even if not, like perhaps you've been able to bring them into your network on some platform or whatnot, and you can continue to communicate with them going forward, right? A brand, like it's like build a house on sand or build a house on rock. Like if you don't have a brand, like, any change, like any stormy weather, anything like there's nothing to build from, you know, after whatever the smallest little thing. But if you're like, you've got a solid foundation, a change happens, markets, whatever, like you have a place that's solid. People know who you are, you know, and, yeah. and you can keep building that momentum. And I have like a bazillion analogies, like a snowball, right? Like, <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like we could just start naming analogies here. The base of the pyramid, the snow. <laughs> Anyways, it's important. Just there yeah. you, go. you need to know. Yeah. I mean, just like as individuals, you know, kind of like your last name, like that carries reputation with it, that, mm-hmm. you know, that's your company. Like you may be the lead advisor, but there's going to be others that follow you. And that hopefully as you're, you're growing that are going to continue that brand on. Yeah. A good reputation is critical, especially, I mean, those that have been in business for a while. I mean, I still get referrals from people I worked with 15 years ago and it's like, it's incredible. And I appreciate that, but it's, you know, having a brand communicating, you stay in, you know, people's permanent mental Rolodex. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. So if, if they do want to go this route and they've never done it before, or don't know where they're starting, you know, I presume, you know, you can share how your team, what services you provide or you and your team at Advisor PR. Can you talk a little bit about how that works with, with your team providing this? Sure. I will share with you, Matt, I, we were talking about putting it inside the notes. I do have a white paper, kind of more of like a, a little guide on everything that we've done. Yeah. We can put a link up to the article too. That- yep. We'll make sure that we get that in the in the notes for all of you, whether you're you're listening or watching along today. Yeah. So advisor PR, we support advisors in four different areas, brand development and consulting high impact custom marketing. So support materials, like what do you need to help tell your story? Three is the promotion component, mostly the PR. So we talked about the the authority, the credibility. My team works to get advisors interviewed with local and national media on the topics that they specialize in. So if you've identified that that's a gap, that's an area that we can bring a lot of success to a lot of impact to the advisors. And then the fourth area is capture. So just kind of that ongoing conversations. As it relates to this specifically, we have an assess, like a process we can take people through. Yeah. You know, like it's reviewing it like a financial plan. I mean, everything is <laughs> parallel, right? But it's like, you know, what's working, what's not. And here's the top recommendations for improvement. Very similar probably to what an advisor would do with a client. Yeah, we can right. help in those different areas. But I'll put more information. I'll give it to you to share. Yeah, in- we'll make sure that that is linked up for everyone. And I know anyone that's part of our, our marketing roundtables here at C2P or been on other podcasts knows, you know, that not only do you and I go way back in, in my time here, but that we at C2P also 
utilize you and the advisor PR team have been uh, a tremendous asset to us on on actually probably all four of those things that you've mentioned. So you you can put our stamp of approval on Thank that. You. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I would just say if you want to connect, you can always find me on on LinkedIn. Alana Cole. They, they can go Google you. See, that's Google me <laughs> or advisorpr.com and you can learn a little bit more about our company. So no, that was, that was great. This was very helpful. Great information for our audience today. And I think even as we went through today, Alana, we identified two or three other topics that we can make sure that we, we turn this into a little mini series on the, on the PR side. It's the Matt and Alana show. That's right. More more to come. So thank you again, Alana. Enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you all for listening. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was brought to you by C2P, an organization whose purpose is to educate, train, grow, and support holistic financial advisors so families can achieve true prosperity. Never miss an episode by subscribing now to discover new resources and strategies. Visit c2penterprises.com to learn how we can help scale and secure your business. At the time of delivery and any subsequent publishing, information was deemed reliable but is subject to change by the time of listening or viewing. The contents of this piece include the opinions and projections of C2P Enterprises, are subject to change, and are for informational purposes only. The information provided in this presentation is not intended to be individual investment, tax, or legal advice.